One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Before the episode begins... Let's remind you that it's brought to you by a little help from our friends. First of all, thanks to Giant Bicycles. Be sure to check them out through the link at Pack Filler. You know where that is. And I don't know about you, but I've been drooling over the new Revolt Advanced Pro Force gravel race bike. Revolt Advanced Pro Force. Not only because it sounds like a superhero team up, but it's absolute gem of a potential for a bike that can literally go everywhere. This could be the bike to rule them all. Be sure and check out the new Giant Bicycles lineup on their website. Go through the link at Pack Pillar. Next, thanks to Scratch Labs, hydration is critical, right? Duh. I personally love the lemon-lime flavor in the hot weather because not only it tastes good warm, because, oh, God, you know that experience of hydration that tastes great really cold when it's, you know, got ice on it or something like that, but you put it in a bottle and ride for over an hour and it tastes like fruity axle grease. You guys not scratch. I have problems remembering to drink myself when I'm on a ride, but thanks to the great taste, I actually want to drink during a ride. Thanks to Scratch Labs. Be sure and check them out. Lastly, thanks to our friends at Fit for Hope. Jake and the crew are there to give you a reason to get out there. Fitforhope.com. Let's get to the show, shall we? Yeah, you notice it's really quiet, right? No, I don't have the microphone shut off. Hey, you guys, welcome to the Pack Filler. I'm Pat Bulger, coming to you live from our... Is it newly remodeled? I don't think it is anymore. It's old school now, right? We're broadcasting live via our website as well as Mixler.com, M-I-X-L-R.com forward slash Pack Filler. At Mixler, there's an actual chat space should you wish to send us something directly during the show. Or if you're feeling lucky and vocal, you can call us anytime on our Skype line. 509 is the area code. 315-1142 is the phone number. 315-1142, area code 509. We'll be taking calls throughout the show or just when we feel like it. And you can leave a message anytime with topics or questions or rants or anything like that. Be sure and contact us. 509-315-1142 or through email or any old, you know, whatever message you want to do. You can throw a rock in our window if you want. 
Actually, please don't do that. Speaking of windows and studios, I am all alone in the studio today. I know, it's just, listen how quiet it is. I gave the guys a day off after the roller coaster ride that was the 2019 tour. It's over, you guys. The tour is over. But there's all stuff happening. There's so much stuff happening. And, and trust me, we're going to be good. And trust me also, the punishment and downhill rim versus disc brake challenge is still on. We're not going to flake out of that one. The actual date will be up by our next show in which we're going to do it. If you are in our local area and you actually want to attend, come watch. Um, you're more than invited. I think it'll be pretty damn funny. We're going to ride up. I'm going to probably do it on an old, old retro Peugeot old carbon fiber slash Vetus bike um, just just to hurt myself. And then Paul and Karsten are going to race down. Paul, we're going to, well, we're going to see if we can get to the bottom fastest. And Paul's going to sport that shame kit and a saddle from Jack's 1990s memory chest. If you've seen the the shots of it, it I think it used to be red, but now it looks like pencil eraser pink. And it's, it's nasty, and um, I'm glad Paul can be out of the saddle at certain times on that ride. So um, we'll be posting those times for that, and we'll also be videotaping it and making sure you guys can watch the carnage. So uh, stay tuned for that one. I do want to mention uh, that just recently this past weekend, I was fortunate enough to participate in an event here in Spokane, Washington called the Midnight Century. I know you guys probably have these types of rides in your community, those, the little local low-key kind of more by word of mouth than any kind of major promotion. It, it, is, a, it is a beautiful event, and I just love it. Um, over 5,000 feet of climbing, 40% of gravel, and it starts here in Spokane at midnight. It's not an official event. It's just people gather on the first weekend of August, the first Saturday night of August, and exactly at midnight we all ride the same, same ride. And some do it incredibly fast, some do it slow, some do it super slow. And it always finishes at the same pl- place, and we have a, have a big breakfast afterwards. And I've had the best um, uh, eggs benedict of my entire life. And sorry to you vegans or vegetarians, but it was freaking awesome. And a great cup of coffee, and I, I actually think I had a mimosa. Yeah, you can judge. I had a mimosa, and it was brilliant. And then I came home, and I slept for like five hours. Um, I just... What a great, great event, um, just tradition, no prizes, just going out there and riding, and that's the beauty of why we do what we do, or why why this show exists. It's not necessarily about the prize money, it's not necessarily about the glory, about the victory, about winning, you know, and all this kind of shit. It's about the pack filler, it's about just the people in the group and, and riding, and um it was it was a beautiful event, and it just reminded me of how much I love to go out there and ride my bike. And uh, and now it really really makes me want a, a new gravel bike. But um, big thanks to my friend Glenn Copas, who I was riding my cyclocross bike, elephant bike, steel, hand built, and it was fun to ride. And I enjoyed the shit out of it. And so um, and um, on top of it, I got to do it with my son. You've heard Jackson on the show. This is the second year we've done it together. And uh, someday when I'm old and in my rocking chair, I'll probably think back upon these rides and I will probably tear up. So um, there we go, right? That's that's what it's all about. Get out there with your kids, you guys. Go ride your bikes. Quit worrying about buying the most expensive new shit and buy your kid a bike. He had a better gravel bike than I did, and I loved every minute of it. So there, cue heartstrings. You guys, let's get to today's guest. Lucy Diaz, the Colorado Classic on the Pack Filler. 
All right, you guys, if you've been around bike racing for as long as I have, you likely recall in grand memory the days of the Coors Classic, a world-class stage race that built, in my opinion, U.S. cycling scene from a small time to pretty much world contenders. That race sadly ended its run in 1988, but its spirit was brought back in the Colorado Classic, which was first held in 2017. Today's guest is the COO of the newly redesigned Colorado Classic, which has taken things in a new and really exciting direction. Let's uh, welcome Lucy Diaz to the show. How are you, Lucy? I'm well. Thanks for having me. You bet. Hey, um, before we get into this huge surprise that if, if people don't know about, they're either not following bike racing, why are they listening to this podcast, or they're living in a cave, um, can you <laughs> give me a little bit of perspective in terms of, of your history with, with this event and your current position involved in the organization? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm actually, um, we'll call myself a tenured employee as I've been with the race for each of the years um, that we've been hosting the Colorado Classic. So we started in 2017. So I started with the event. I actually um, had worked in a previous role with our chairman, Ken Gart, um, doing running store roll-ups all around the country. And then the opportunity um, appeared to be able to come help and support on the bike race. So I'd done I've been in endurance sports my entire career, mainly running, but triathlon and cycling as well. Um, so it was just, uh, I wanted to get back into the event space and the opportunity to come work on the Colorado Classics team uh, presented itself. So I came into the event the first year, 2017, um, worked on the sales team and then ended up running the sales team for 2018. And then for 2019, in my current role, I have been serving as our COO. So in addition to running sales, uh, working, uh, basically being the connective tissue between all the departments um, and all of our, our team members here um, and making sure we have a successful and exciting event this year. <laughs> that just, not to, I'm not laughing because I'm just, I'm almost going, <laughs> oh my God, because to go, to, to jump into that size of a magnitude event and that size of a responsibility, um, was it a okay or was it yay okay kind of a reaction when you first lined it up no it was great i actually i used to work for the rock and roll marathon series which is now iron man so i'm very used to running large-scale events mainly in the participatory space um with a professional component so having an all pro race and i will tell you having worked hundreds of marathons and half marathons and running events um it pales in comparison to the organization and the orchestration that it takes to put on a bike race. I mean, just when you're dealing with two wheels and then four wheels with all the support vehicles, um, it really is kind of next level stuff, but it is the excitement and the energy and the noise. That sounds really funny, but I was explaining to people the, the noise and the sound of the riders and the Peloton coming upon you is this like eerie and exciting and kind of thrilling moment. So it's, uh, I think events are in my blood, but this one's definitely uh, top of the charts here with the excitement factor. Well, and speaking of exciting, to say the race has decided to take things in a new and, and exciting direction is, I would like to say, an understatement. Um, so, I, you know, I'm sure, like I said, most of our listeners not do know, but for those who don't, what is the direction you guys have taken it in and, and what prompted that decision? Yeah, so 2019 will be an all-women's event. Um, So in the previous iterations of the Colorado Classic, we had um, a men's race and a women's component, I I think is probably the best way to say it or describe it. So year one, we were four days for the men, and we had two days of women's racing. 
And then um, last year we were four days men and four days women. Um, but really the best way to describe it is, is the women's race was always positioned as a plus one to the men's oh, race. Yeah. So the men's, um, you know, we would have the TV exposure on the men's race. We would have the, the start times, the favorable start times for the men. Um, and while we did have a women's race, it was, you know, the focus and even the marketing and the conversation was usually around the men's side of the sport. And there were some uh, stories that we talked about for the women. But in 2019, we made the decision to actually turn things completely around um, and drop the men's race for 2019. We will not have a men's uh, professional race and decided to put all of our focus on the women and on the women's side of the sport and really with a vision of becoming the best women's race in the world. And, you know, that descriptor really being from the eyes of the athlete. So, you know, step by step, and we know we can't accomplish everything this year. We've made some, some great strides and, and really are starting to create a, um, what, we like, what we like to think is a sustainable and successful model for um, the female side of the sport, uh, you know, racing for, for uh, female riders. Well, and, and, and this idea, uh, although I, by the way, Thank you. I think it's absolutely brilliant. No, I mean, in all honesty, we I talk a lot about it on this show about women's racing, the state of women's racing. I talk a lot about the state of cycling mm -hmm. as a whole and how things uh, ebb and flow. And women's racing is has definitely um, been overshadowed for so long. And this isn't something necessarily new, but but there also used to be some of these events that did highlight women's cycling. I personally remember in my old days, the Orida Challenge, which was a, a very mm -hmm. specific women's stage race. Um, and some people might think of cycling, the people newer to the sport might think of it as, well, it's always been this men's race and women's this plus one, by the way, perfectly worded, even though it, mm -hmm. it upsets me, it's perfectly worded. Um and do you consider this a risk, this format? And and if so, how have you dealt with this? I mean, has this been a, a overwhelming challenge? Sorry, lack of a better word. Yeah, I mean, we don't. Is it a risk? Of course, it's a risk. Yeah. Um, but so is the men's race. I mean, putting on a bike race and and you know, professional bike race anywhere is a risk. But we don't see it as a challenge. We see it more as an opportunity. And. You know, we've always had, you know, from all of our leadership and our investor group and our chairman and the board of directors, everyone has been really supportive of um, really this taking a different perspective and a different approach to pro cycling and not just trying to recreate, albeit it was amazing, the course classic um, or even the U.S. Pro Challenge, not trying to recreate events that we've seen before, but really think about um, you know, how can we serve as a catalyst and really how can we serve as a model of what um, the future of the sport could be and really what the sustainability of the support and, and what those measures are and the, the different elements that go into that. So it's, I think we're not frightened by the challenge or even the opportunity. You know, it really, it just, it, it codified the team and really brought everyone together and gave us purpose and um, more meaning to what we were doing. Not that it was meaningless before, but being able to be a part of a team and, you know, in my case, leading a team that's able to do something that has been done before, but maybe not in a sustainable way, um, but creating something that really makes a difference and an impact in ultimately the athlete's life and, you know, their livelihood and their future and, you know, their opportunities moving forward. Um, so that's, that's something that's really, uh, that we think a lot and we talk a lot about internally. 
Um, but I think it's really powerful um, on the day to day. Just you know, as it's crunch time right now, and you're working 15 hours a day, you know, it's all you're doing it all for, um, you know, the right reasons, and and ultimately for for a future for not only ourselves but for the sport in general. And the reception has been mainly positive. Yeah, mainly Good. positive. I mean, Good. it's been wildly positive as it relates to the athletes and the, the riders themselves. Um, you know, it's sort of in the day of social media, you always get a little snarky comment here and there. Yeah. Um, but you ignore those and move on. And, and really, <laughs> it's, it's, and I get it. I mean, I think we can all understand that the, the sport of cycling has been, you know, seeped in tradition. And, you know, even the first year we did the race, we, um, we did away with podium girls. And that was, you know, uh, again, not a bold move in the grand scheme of things, but it really, it was just kind of like, oh, wow, that's different. That's something. And it was, you know, it was if we just didn't want to carry on that tradition that has been led, you know, for, for a lot of the international bike races around the world. Um, so it's, you know, it, it, people will, will always say their, their piece and, and try to take you down. Um, unfortunately, that, that happens more often than not, particularly on social media. But, um, you know, by and large and overall, and, and the male cyclists as well, uh, nobody was like, oh, well, you took a you took a race off the calendar, right? You took a race <laughs> that I would love to have done. Would they have loved to have done it? Yes. But are, if if they're taking a step to the side to allow their uh, female counterparts to to have the the spotlight and have a platform to perform, really show off their skills, um, that's been really well supported. So it's been really positive, and it's it's, it's encouraging um, the you know the feedback and the support we've got from the cycling community. Um, and really just, you know, the, the community of Denver and Colorado and all of the, our, our partners and all of that has been, has been really positive and, again, has really helped fuel us and, and, and help really justify the fact that, you know, the decision that we made and said, you know, this is the right decision. Um, this was the right decision, and, and we're excited to be able to continue to drive that. Is being in Colorado easier Colorado was so famous for its its obviously its cycling background, its athletic yeah. background, um, and I I would I, you know being I'm in Washington I don't know firsthand, but mm-hmm. is it a is it a more supportive community for for all types of new styles of events? Yeah, I mean Colorado is a a place that everybody wants to do events in, um, so that always poses the challenge when you're you're talking to different host cities and saying hey we'd like to bring this event to your city this summer. And yeah. they're like, well, I've got every single weekend booked for the next <laughs> you know, three years. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Colorado is a, you know, it's a fantastic state and, you know, where we landed with our, with the route and with our host cities is awesome from an athletic perspective, from a community perspective and, and from a lifestyle perspective. Um, and, and we have great support from the state of Colorado and you know, the office of tourism and, you know, the governor, the mayor, you know, the, the Denver mayor and all of the, the mayors and the respective um, markets where the event will be. It's, you know, it's been overwhelmingly positive. And, and quite honestly, it's been even more, you know, positive, I would say, than uh, previous years, just because of the format change and because of the, you know, the empowerment platform and, and really the more meaning and the, the mission driven um, element to the event as well. Let's let's talk about the race itself, if you don't mind. Um, first of all, yeah, four stages: Steamboat, Avon, Golden, and Denver. And I, I'd like to just kind of break them down a little bit. But before we get to that, yeah. is there something in your personal belief that makes this entire event different? That you know, yes, it's a it's a marquee event for for women's cycling. Um, you know, there are other events that do focus on women's cycling, but maybe not at this grand of a scale. But is there something you feel that you mm-hmm. guys are doing that nobody else is doing? 
Um, you know, in my opinion, what I think we're doing that maybe that not that nobody else is doing, particularly within the sport, but, you know, I think what we are doing is we're, we're taking an event, a race, and we're really, you know, putting more behind it. And it's not just four days that happen from the 22nd to the 25th of August um, in Colorado for a group of 96 women, you know, racing their hearts out from start to finish. It's, it's really more than that. And, you know, we like to say internally, you know, it's more than a race. It's a movement. Even externally, we've used that in our marketing. And yeah. again, it's, it's about creating something that not only are we proud of as event organizers and, you know, as promoters, but something that, um, you know, helps to change people's lives, whether it's the athletes that are participating or it's the, you know, the youth groups that we're working with in each of the markets and the stages, or it's the, you know, second grade class that's getting a bike as part of a wow. bike build that's in partnership with one of our sponsors. So, you know, it really has this, um, you know, it translates beyond just sport um, and it translates just beyond just women. Um, it really has this powerful platform. And I think, again, I think that's what's so great about Colorado is that people, you know, the communities have supported that and, and believe that and see that vision. So, you know, while the, the core of it and the heart of it is the, you know, the best darn professional race in the world <laughs> from our perspective on what we want to create, um, you know, it also has, it's something that, you know, maybe, you know, my neighbor's not interested in cycling, but they should come out. They should come out and support because it's important. It's important to show your support for, you know, cycling, for this burgeoning, you know, segment of the sport yeah. on the female side. Yeah. And it's important to show your, you know, I have a nine-year-old daughter. You know, it's important for me to show her that, you know, these women are out here not because they're getting paid to do it, not because they're making, you know, bundles of money, but because they are passionate about it and because they have dedicated parts of, you know, a part of their life to this and, and they've dedicated themselves to a team. And I think, you know, it's really powerful and it has a lot of translation beyond just the sport that has been, um, which, which again, I think does make us different. And we do a lot of storytelling and we're trying to give some behind the scenes looks and, uh, of the athletes, but and really educate the community on, yes, you, maybe you don't go out there and ride a bike, you know, for three hours on a Saturday, but you probably get on your beach cruiser. I'm from California. So, you know, I, I still refer to them as beach cruisers, though I'm in the mountains. Um, you, know, you still get on your cruiser and you take your kids up the street to get ice cream or, you know, go, go to the coffee shop. So it's a, it's a sport, it's a way of life, it's a lifestyle. Um, you know, and in this instance, it's really, you know, it, it's a, it's a movement. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um, the four stages themselves. Um, if you don't mind, I'll go quickly through the, uh, each one, and I'm going to ask you a question before we get to the second one. And, I, and I'll mention the, the, who presented them because, gosh darn it, these sponsors have come out and done this. Steamboat Springs, the first stage, presented by Smartwool. 54.2 miles and over 4,000 feet of climbing and 10 miles of gravel. Um, first of all, was this some sort of an evil thought? Were, were people in the room planning this race going, <laughs> <laughs> at the back of you know just tilted back in their chairs because this is what a what a start i mean what 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 thought of this and what was the inclusion of gravel was that a conscious decision now that gravel's kind of becoming the thing or or what brought this stage about well i don't think we intended to we didn't go out there the tech director didn't go out there looking for gravel but what he was looking for was a, you know, a, a serious course, right? And again, we had a lot of conversations like this isn't a, this isn't a women's version of a men's race. Yeah, you know, this yeah. is a professional bike race. 
So the first stage embodies that better than anything else. I mean, you wait till we get to stage two. Um, (laughs) This is, this is not a slow rollout. This isn't, you know, just a, a, you know, an easy easing into the race. This really is a um, aggressive first stage. And that wasn't done, you know, for one way or the other, um, you know, it's the way that it turns out, right. You're in steamboat, you're in a mountain community, you have, um, you know, you have back roads, you have gravel portions of it. Um, but it's, I mean, this is going to be an awesome first stage oh and God, super yeah. exciting. And it's not for the faint of heart. So no, <laughs> and the women know that. So they're ready and they're, they're attacking it, you know, head on. Let's get it. Yeah. Fireworks right out of the gates um, is what I read totally. when I was reading the profile. Stage, mm-hmm. stage two um, out of Avon uh, presented by First Bank, 50.3 miles, yep. again, over 3,400 feet of climbing. It's like, I like this and I'm calling it the seven laps of flat and one trip into the clouds. Um, totally. <laughs> so if, if I'm a sprinter attending your event, <laughs> am I really seriously considering my life choices at this point? Probably, probably. Yeah. But um, you'll have fun out there, to say now, the least, or maybe not. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> you labeled this the queen stage, and what makes it so, in your opinion? Um, I mean, really, it's the iconic climb out out of uh, Bachelor Gulch and, and Beaver Creek. There, it's yeah. you know, and, and again, part of part of the format that we're looking at with each of these stages, and and Steamboat doesn't fall into this necessarily. Again, just by the the topography and and the environment out there. Um, we're trying to get have the, the fans and the spectators be able to see the riders multiple times. Yeah. So it's not just set up on the side of the road and watch them go by once. Um, you know, there's there's the opportunity to see the peloton and to see the race unfold and really see the change of position, um, you know, throughout the race with these multiple laps. So the loops, you know, uh, we'll call them the, the, the uh, you know, the flat loops in town and then, then the, the climb up into the clouds. That's because when you're there and it's so beautiful and Avon and, and the mountains there, um, you, it would be a shame not to do that. I mean, yeah, again, yeah. the sprinters might not think that, but <laughs> it's, it's definitely thrilling uh, and enthralling and keeps it interesting. Again, this is, this is not a, this is, this is definitely a, a We'll we'll call it the the black diamond of racing here. Yeah, yeah. not a, not a green circle. Well, and something you had mentioned there too is the, is the the justification for those laps and trying to turn cycling into a more spectator friendly sport and to create something where yes, the people can go to the race, they can watch the people race and see them multiple times without having to get into a car or heaven forbid, uh, not go at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but still having a race that is dynamic and challenging enough to bring the best in the world and bring out their best. So um, it's it's interesting yeah. how how bike races, especially in this country, are are striving to kind of create that formula. And you guys seem to have found something with this, you know, these laps, these prelim. They're not even preliminary laps. You know, probably a break's going to get mm-hmm. away at that point. They're probably going to try to develop some sort of a gap in order to justify the time loss on the hills. So, you know, we're going to have fireworks there also. Sure. Yeah. So okay, stage three, golden. This this is uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Longest race of the event, yeah, sixty three point seven, and and again for over forty six hundred feet of climbing. Um, and and the course preview says it one that might fit the sprinters. Is this because it's it's going to be a little bit more rolling uh, terrain or something like that? Yeah, it's more of a gradual climb. Okay. Um, so it's not as as steep and aggressive. Uh, so while there is definitely the elevation gain, um, it's over a longer period of time. So those longer hills, uh, you know, heading out of downtown and then looping back in. So 
a little different. Not as the uh, heart rate doesn't get up quite as high, yeah. I would say, <laughs> in a shorter time. <laughs> Final stage, uh, Denver, presented by Gates Corporation, fifty-two point eight miles. You're not, you know, there are no crits in this, and I'm actually loving that what you guys are doing here and creating this. Like you say, this is not a, uh, this is not a plus one. This is a full-on event. Mm-hmm. Um, this one brings the racing back into Denver. Um, as a race director in large communities, I'm sure that part of you is screaming inside going, oh no, but part of you is probably extremely excited. So what makes you fearful and what makes you excited about this day? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Um, we'll go with excited first. Uh, we, we, we've closed the race out in Denver for the last two years, and it's a really great way to tie everything together, yeah. um, you know, and to bring it back in. A lot of our, you know, as you're mentioning, the corporate sponsors, you know, a lot of our sponsors are based here in Denver. So it's a way to get, um, to get out crowds and, and really to attach the race to our partners and to our sponsors and to our supporters and all the fans and, and make it accessible to, you know, it's a major metro area. So easier to get people, public transportation, all of that. Um, you know, so that's super exciting. I mean, what's scary about it is, is, you know, closing down streets on a Sunday in the middle of, uh, you know, in the middle of a city. But, yeah. um, you know, we, again, we have incredible partners with, um, you know, with all of the, the, the city, um, departments and such and and, you know we'll have a great safe course uh and race out there and actually what's what's a really great added element to the event on sunday morning is we are going to have what we're calling open streets so prior to the pro race taking place we're going to open a portion of the course for the community to come out we're going to close it to vehicular traffic um and people can come out they can ride bikes they can walk they can run they can scoot bring the families out, but it's a way to get the community together. I like to say, get them a little sweaty before uh, they get to watch the, the <laughs> athletes take the field. Um, but to get to people to come out and have some fun and, and to, to be active um, and then stick around for the race to take place. That's, that, that builds that community. I've been talking to other people on the show about how to keep, how to make cycling a bigger sport and these little things like just opening a course and letting these people, letting anybody who's, you know, interested in cycling, uh, or, or even not just get out there and experience what being on a, on that close course is like, I, I can think of numerous people who've said, I got into the sport because I was able to watch my soon to be heroes race, but I, to be even have that mm-hmm. connection where you're riding the courses is a huge addition to it. And that's, that's awesome. How about the riders themselves? Uh, the teams attending, um, what, what are you really excited about? What teams and, and who should we be on the lookout for in your opinions? Yeah, we have um, a great field, our strongest and most competitive field that we've had yeah. uh, thus far, which is really, again, I think it, it speaks uh, 
you know, speaks a lot to the format of the event and really the focus on, obviously, the women's side of the sport. Um, we've got some fun international teams coming over. Canyon Shram is is definitely one of the leaders in the clubhouse there. I know yeah. that some of their athletes will be up in Steamboat doing the Steamboat Gravel Race that uh, week before, and then we'll roll into our event. But we also have some great, uh, you know, local representation. Um, Show Air 2020, we have uh, the Alps team, we also have our returning champion, Katie Hall. Yeah. She'll be participating in the event as well. So a, a very exciting and then just a really diverse field. And we, we've done some highlights on um, Aisha McGowan and Erica Clevenger. You know, some of these sort of there are some hometown heroes and some up and coming stars um, that we're hosting on our website. And there are, we have a, a whole quote unquote heroes series um, that we're taking an inside look at the athletes. So, it's it's going to be an exciting race, and I think it's anyone's race at this point uh, to take home. Something that's a big issue in the sport, uh, and I don't mean to address the elephant in the room, is this this issue of inequality mm-hmm. in men's versus women's racing. Um, this event appears to be making no secrets on on your stance, and I and I love it. Um, how are you guys working to bring attention to this issue? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And we are not hiding um, behind the, you know, the very real and uh, unfortunate, uh, it's stark issue between uh, the men's and the women's side of the sport. And yeah. the way that we're approaching it really is, is trying to, you know, we've reflected on what, what, what can we, what change can we affect as event organizers? And again, that goes back to, to creating a model of sustainability and, you know, trying to be able to show that women's cycling is just as exciting as men's cycling. Um, and, and really what, how that is translated into our marketing and our communications in the market is um, we want to create awareness. What our goal is, is we can create, we can utilize our event and our platform to create awareness around the disparity in the sport. Now we're not making you know, suggestions or claims on what we think should happen because, you know, we're not tied into the governing body and all of that. So, you know, we have a vision for equality and we know that it's not going to happen overnight, just like in every sport. The men's sport is so much further developed than the women's sport. So the expectation that women gets even up to men, you know, in a year obviously is not realistic. But, you know, we're we're trying to educate the, um, you know, the community and, and really the network, our network, that, you know, just as an example, the the, uh, the average men's team budget is $17 million. An average women's team budget is $200,000. So that's a big difference. Um, and there are a lot of reasons why that is the case. But I think that speaks to, um, you know, what we're trying to work to change. And we're doing it in ways that we can, again, affect change. And a big piece of that is exposure, right? So men's have men's teams have more opportunity for exposure than the women's teams do. And a lot of that is, is because a lot of the women's races um, don't televise or live stream or broadcast um, the content, the women's races that are taking place. So when you're trying to look for sponsorship and, and all of that, it's, it's harder to say, Oh, well, I'm giving you these many eyeballs or this is the exposure I'm providing, or this is, you know, the social media following that our team has. So really it's, we're looking at it from a foundational perspective to say, you know, what are the things, again, as an event, we can work to change. Um, you know, I have my personal views on it as a, you know, as an athlete my entire life and, yeah. you know, with a nine-year-old daughter who's an athlete uh, herself. Um, but, you know, again, the, the, the athletes within the sport 
you know, they realize too that change isn't going to happen. And there are other entities um, that are working on, you know, creating, um, you know, momentum behind that change. And, and, you know, we like to believe that we're one of them and, and how can we curate conversations and bring together knowledge um, from athletes and other sports that will help lead this, you know, the bridging of the cap, uh, bridging of the gap, um, you know, in the sport of cycling and, it's, you know, we, we launched an equity pledge, which was something that we did um, about yeah. a month or so ago. Yeah, I And saw again, that, it was yeah. all based around, I don't know if you, you had a chance to see that. But, I'm looking at it right um, now, you know, believe it was not. based yeah. around. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, great, great. Yeah, yeah it's on our website. Um, but, you know, again, it was based around education and awareness. And, you know, together we feel like, you know, we're stronger together. And if we can, you know, everyone, if people are seeing that and understanding the disparity between, um, you know, the men's side and the women's side of the sport, you know, the ask is, is support us. And that's not a financial ask. That is a, you know, show up, tune in and share it with your friends and say, this is, you know, come out here, support the, the, the riders that are going to be there. Watch the live stream on the website, watch the live stream on, on social media, you know, and, and share this with your friends, share it with your family, share it with your network, um, you know, and make them aware of this and make them aware of, you know, again, we just talked about the courses and, and how exciting and dynamic yeah. and, and really, um, you know, serious they are. Uh, let's let's go out there and support the athletes and and really, um, you know, celebrate them and, and utilize that as inspiration for, you know, empowerment, again, in all all areas of life, not just in sport. Yeah. You, you mentioned TV coverage, and I, I know that ASO has been dealing with that over over in Europe yeah. a lot, and we've lost some races because of it. And and the, the you know you said it, the amount of eyes watching is something going to be is what's making it more marketable. Um, how did you guys align any kind of video coverage, and and what can viewers expect, and most importantly, where can they find it? Yeah, thanks for asking. Yeah. We. Um, so again, that was part of the the model and the vision of um, you know what th- this great event will be, um, and we felt that it was really important to provide um, coverage of the event every day. So we will have two hours, and it's really start to finish. It's a little bit more than two hours um, of live coverage of the event every day. There are there is a section I will tell you in, in Steamboat where we don't have cell coverage and it's all being driven off of a bonded cellular. So yeah. there's, there'll be a dark section, but we're planning <laughs> around that. Um, but in every stage, uh, we'll be broadcasting and we'll be pushing it out through a live stream. And in year one, we did a time by on NBC Sports, And then in year two, we tested this live stream model and, and really created this syndication that was, you know, pulled through so many different outlets and our engagement and our reach was, three times as much um, than it would than just the, the typical NBC sport. So we've taken that and the team has done an amazing job at creating and being creative on, um, you know, how to do this in a affordable manner. I mean, it's still a lot of money to, to yeah. do that and to support that. And, you know, a lot of times that's why you mentioned ASO. I can imagine that's why they're not able to, um, you know, they're dropping races because they can't provide the coverage because it, there's a large price tag that comes along with it. Um, but again, it was an important, uh, piece of the puzzle for us and really something that we stood behind and took a stand behind that we, we thought that it was a must have, not a nice to have, but a must have for the event. Um, so we will have that two hour coverage every day. We have, there's a few different ways. And I mentioned sort of the syndication network, um, we're working with different partners from global cycling network to Velo news to cycling 
tips um, in Box Women. We will also have uh, a tour tracker uh, app. The tour tracker app will have oh, wow. a, an event on tour tracker that people can watch and get uh, a robust amount of data overlaid and, and commentary through that platform. Um, but, you know, I think the, the easiest place to find it would be on our website, which is coloradoclassic.com. Um, so it'll be shown there every day. And um, we've had, again, we've had great partnerships with people taking the feed. And so we're working with, you mentioned a couple of our sponsors, our presenting sponsor is VF Corporation, which is the um, parent company of a few of those brands you mentioned, but um, North Face and Vans and Timberland um, and Smart Bowl and Ultra. So VF has been a fantastic partner and uh, a few of their brands will also be pushing out the stream to their audiences. And, you know, our strategy there was is to create the content and then partner strategically partner with groups that are able to push that content out to networks that is beyond what we would otherwise reach. You know, we, I think we, we sit really well within the, the cycling, um, probably a lot of your audience, yeah. um, you know, within the, the, the cycling enthusiasts, but you know, how do we get it beyond to, you know, the, the outdoor enthusiast or the ski enthusiast or, you know, the, the running enthusiast and, and really thinking beyond just the, the sport vertical, um, you know, and being able to have this, this great compelling content and push it out beyond that. And that, again, that's when we're going to start to become successful and start growing that platform. And, you know, hopefully that results in more sponsorship for the teams and more uh, viewership through their social channels and, you know, fans and engagement with them. So, you know, that's, it's a crucial part of the, the puzzle in our perspective. Well, it it seems like you guys are piecing a lot of the put, bringing a lot of the pieces of the puzzle together. Um, I always talk, and I don't want this to sound too melodramatic, but um, mm-hmm. sometimes it's the pressure of an event to inspire people, not only inspire athlete, top athletes to come to your event, but to inspire um, people who aren't yet involved in the sport and try to get people to get involved in that way. And also to inspire people to maybe try to put on something at whatever scale and whatever level of an event on their own home turf. And do you guys take some of that kind of into into consideration in terms of who you're affecting? Are there opportunities for young athletes or new athletes to kind of interact with, with the people who are racing or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. And, and we definitely think about that in the, the future of the sport, the immediate future, and then the long-term future. But um, you mentioned it earlier, saying that I became, I got into bike racing because I saw, I came out to a race and I watched yeah. it. And I think the, you know, in today's age of, you know, digital and social media and virtual reality and all of that, um, you know, I still think there, you know, experiences and real experiences and, and in-life experiences are still so important oh, God, and powerful, yeah. particularly in younger people's lives and, um, you know, we, we take that into account and, you know, the team parking area of uh, each of the stages is very accessible. It's not tucked behind the building or, you know, over there across the parking lot. Um, you know, this is the area where the fans can engage directly with the athletes. We've engaged with different youth groups um, to come out there. We're talking about chalk, chalk art today, this afternoon. So, you know, <laughs> to come out and, and have kids you know, welcome the athletes with signs and with chalk art. And um, we have a program where we, we're using, you know, instead of the, you know, the typical podium girls, we're using the literal podium girls where we'll have youth um, 
ambassadors up on stage that are handing the jerseys to the oh, winners wow. of each stage and they'll have a replica jersey in their size that they'll be wearing as they pass it on to you know the winner of that jersey so trying to think of the different touch points and, and really where we can engage um you know with the community and with the with the younger generation um we're doing with the open streets as i mentioned there right. that that uh, event that's happening right before the pro race in denver um we'll have a ride that's being led by the mayor of denver and he will you know different youth groups and um community center groups we're, we're inviting everyone to come out and be a part of that and it's going to be a great uh you know community event but also the opportunity and we'll plug athletes into there as well. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's a great feel and, and you get the, I, I understand again, like having a, a young daughter seeing um, the regard in which she holds these athletes and, you know, yeah. she's not necessarily into cycling. She bikes a lot, but, you know, just watching her, uh, you know, the eyes, the mouth drop, the, you know, wanting to ask questions. Um, it's really cool. And, and, and the impact that, these athletes have on um you know the the younger generations this is really powerful oh amen and i'm not i'm not blowing smoke anywhere here my first hero in mm-hmm. cycling was rebecca twig and because and i read about her and i watched her race and she was primarily one of the reasons that got me into bike racing so this is just you know it's such an important part of, of growing the sport and um I, by the way, what you guys are doing is brilliant. I can't, I, you know, I know you're probably completely sleepless and dizzy from exhaustion, but please know that, that there are a lot of us out here who are really freaking exciting for this event. And, um, we, we can't wait for something like this to happen. So thank you for what you guys are doing. Oh, thank you. Yeah. The event starts August 22nd. It is right around the corner. The website, coloradoclassic.com. Um, are there any other sources of information out there that I'm missing? You guys have social media covered pretty well, too. Yeah, we are social showing up on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, Twitter. And if you go to our website, you can link at the bottom there for, to all of those different channels. Um, we do have a YouTube channel, as I was mentioning earlier, on, that shows some behind-the-scenes stories and some, some fun perspectives, some course flyovers, so you can really get a feel for what the athletes will be taking on. Um, but, yeah, that's, that was probably the most comprehensive place. All, all roads lead to the website, out of the website. <laughs> right on. Well, uh, <laughs> Lucy, once again, thanks for your time. I appreciate uh, you giving me what you could, and, and good luck with the event. Thank you so much. I appreciate being on. Right on. So there you go, you guys. The Colorado Classic happening not very far into the future. You can watch it online, you guys, starting August 22nd. Um, click on their website. Check it out, coloradoclassic.com. Follow the race. It's it's going to be epic. If you Just go over there and look at the course profiles. That alone is going to tell you this is going to be four days of beautiful suffering, and I think the racing is going to be absolutely brilliant. So... Good luck to everybody involved, all the participants, all the organization people, uh, Colorado Classic. I hope you guys are onto something beautiful that goes on for years and years and years. Awesome. Um, before I sign off, you guys, um, I do have one more issue to discuss. I wasn't sure how I'd approach this one. Um, this episode was about promoting a great event and all positive energy. And I'm sure at the outset, some of you guys were wondering why I haven't mentioned it. Um, I wanted to help promote a bike race. And that was very important. And to start off with a, a down note was not necessarily something I was I was planning to do. And so I saved it for now. And I'm sure many of you guys know the tragedy that hit the tour, tour of Poland recently. 
the crash and passing of uh, Bjorg Lambrecht of the Sudal Lotto team. He was just 22 years old, and I know nothing can help his family and his loved ones at this time. I know that there are many in the professional peloton grieving the loss of their friend, their teammate, and fellow competitor. There's no one to blame. We're in a heavy blame-like society, but there's no one to blame. This was just a, a horrible accident. It's a dangerous sport we all play in. I don't, you know, I, there are no words, you guys. Hug your family. Watch one of his races. I recommend this year's Flesh Wallone or Amstel Gold Race. And remember him fondly. Who's taken too soon? I know it sounds cliche, but Godspeed. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.